Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have three questions I want to dive into. But before I dive into that, I just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you're sick of just focusing on weight loss and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I help you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one to two bottlenecks that we find out outside of the training and nutrition protocols that are keeping you from seeing results that you want to see. And this usually is a little bit more prevalent than, than most people think. So if you're interested in learning more, you can fill out the application and we can set up a phone call to chat a little bit more about this, or you can reach out to me on Instagram at Jeff, uh, H-O-E-H-N underscore, and we can chat about this in more details. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan for the next couple months as well. If you want to learn more about a body recomp, you know what it is, how to do it, then my free masterclass on it is for you. Uh, you can find a link to that in the show notes. Next, you can follow me on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore. That's where I'm most active on social media. If you have any questions or anything like that, you can reach out to me there. And then lastly, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could share that you're listening to it as well and, and tag me in it and then uh, on Instagram. And then also if you could leave a rating or interview and that will help more people find this podcast. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's topic. So I want to talk to you about fasting for fat loss and muscle gain. This is a pretty common topic, uh, I feel like right now. And so we're going to take this specifically from a fat loss and muscle gain perspective. A lot of times when people ask about fasting, it's just, hey, is fasting good? And I don't think that's a great question because it really is dependent on what you're trying to do here. And then we're not going to touch on overall health. I'll maybe touch on a few things in terms of like overall health, but this isn't going to be like for longevity or overall health. This is going to be strictly for body composition, right? Fat loss, muscle gain. Yeah, let's dive into it. Intermittent fasting. Let's specific, Let's first go over what it is, and then we'll dive into fat loss versus muscle gain. And there's one that I think it's a lot more practical for when it comes to fat loss or muscle gain. So let's dive into what it is first, because it's not just a lot of times... I think people think of fasting as just like, oh, this is fasting is you just don't eat for a little bit of time. And and that is true. However, we can focus in a little bit more on this and there's different protocols. Okay. So basically it can be defined as a feeding window and a fasting window, which let's be honest, we all do that anyways. So everybody does do some sort of fasting. This is why I think it's important to figure out, okay, what exactly is your fasting protocol? Because again, we're not, none of us are just eating throughout the entire day. We sleep, we're not eating during that time. You're technically fasting during that period of time. So they're all we all do this at least in some fashion. So during the fasting window, there are no calorie containing items consumed and it can range from hours to days. This is where you start to see, okay, so there's fasting. You have a period of time where you eat and a period of time where you don't. Again, we know we all probably do that. Now we can start to see where okay, we can focus in on what kind of fasting protocol are we doing, right? It can range from hours to days. And then during the feeding period, this is when all your calories are consumed. So anything that has calories, we're not like, we're not going to count that, you know, this coffee could, what would you count that? Would you not? From my understanding, some coffee may have a little few calories in it, but just really depends here on that. But again, intermittent fasting tells us when to eat, not what to eat, right? So we need to make sure that we tells us when to eat, not what to eat. So it has no bearing on, are you going to do keto? Are you going to go high carb? Are you going to go high protein? It just tells us 
the time uh, when we're going to eat. So there's many different um, fasting protocols, right? So like I talked about, the one you hear most often is time-restricted feeding. And this is where you fast for a certain number of hours in a day, and then you don't eat for a certain amount. There's other ones where it's like alternate day fasting, where you eat for one day, um, then you consume then you don't consume any calories the next day. Um, you do that. There's fasting where you ha- maybe have a really low day. There's protein sparing modified fast. There's fasting that people do for multiple days. So there's different forms of fasting, but what we're going to take this from, I-, I-, I wouldn't recommend those to anybody who's looking to, for body composition purposes, anything that's more than a day of fasting, I think is just too much. Even an entire day of fasting uh, from a body composition standpoint, I don't, it's uses uh, for that. And so we're not going to talk about that. Okay. We're going to talk about time-restricted feeding where we're going to do certain hours out of the day. We're not going to eat. Again, we're going to have that eating window and then we're going to have that fasting window. So a fasting window of 12 to 16 hours is going to be applicable for most. So I'm just going to start just throw that out there right away. 12 to 16 hours, I think anything more than that. And there's really no practical use of it. And it's just, I don't want to say that, I guess you, for, from a body commission standpoint, you could just say that the cons outweigh the pros and there's really no upsides of going longer than that from a body composition standpoint. So let's talk about some upsides of intermittent fasting. And this is from a standpoint of fat loss, right? So again, this is strictly fat loss first. So upsides of it is by telling people to restrict their feeding times, the research has shown that they can reduce their caloric intake by around uh, 20%, right? So it can trick you into eating less. So again, I guess before I, I go further into this, let's from fat loss. What? How, how do you drop body fat? And you need to be in a calorie deficit uh, over time, right? So over time, you need, need to be bringing in less energy than you're expending. We cut out an entire part of the day where you're not eating. You could theoretically decrease the, the amount of calories that you have coming in, right? With fasting, if you aren't able to get that calorie deficit, you're eating the same amount that you're expending throughout the day, then there's not going to be any magic to it. So I think that's important, right? We need to understand what does cause fat loss. And then from there, we can see how fasting can potentially be a tool, right? And one of them is by can trick you into eating less. If we have somebody who they don't really have uh, any moderation on this, they just eat, they wake up at six o'clock, they start eating at seven, they go to bed at 10, maybe eight hours of sleep, right? Yeah. And they stop eating at nine. That's, they're just eating throughout the entire day. Um, again, they're still doing some fasting, right? Because they're sleeping, but uh, they're just pretty much eating throughout the day. Now you tell that person, hey, we're going to stop eating after five o'clock, right? So you're cutting their uh, feeding window off at five. So now their feeding windows from seven to, to five, right? A 10 hour feeding window. By doing that, by cutting, having them cut out their food after five, they may potentially eat less. So it can trick you into eating less. And now because of that, you're eating less. And now you could potentially be in a caloric deficit, which is going to cause fat loss, right? So the research does show that just by telling people to reduce their caloric intake or by restricting the feeding times, they do, in the research, tend to decrease their caloric intake by around 20%, which is a pretty good amount. This can also be another upside of intermittent fasting is it can be good for someone who doesn't want to track their calories. What I'll typically do for maybe somebody who's a bit overweight and they're not ready to track every calorie macro, they have a lot of low-hanging fruit, fasting can be a really solid option to implement for this particular person, right? Hey, let's you're eating throughout the entire day. Again, let's cut back on the times that we're eating. You're not going to eat past six or again, whatever time works best for their schedule. We're going to implement that. And then boom, now they're consuming less calories. They start to see weight drop. And then over time, maybe you work on habits and then you can eventually move to, okay, let's start tracking calories and macros, um, et cetera. So it can be good for someone who doesn't want to uh, necessarily track their calories. As far as performance goes, so this isn't fat loss. So let's move on from that one. So those would be the main upsides, right? Let's talk about some downsides from a fat loss standpoint. There's no special fat loss benefit to intermittent fasting other than it is a tool in the toolbox to help you eat fewer calories. And it can be a viable strategy to help someone get into a calorie deficit. We just talked about that. It's not, there's nothing magical about fasting. It's just, it's going to cause you to potentially eat less calories. Now, 
this doesn't work for everybody. So this leads me to my next point. Not eating for hours could make adherence very challenging, especially if an event comes up during the fasting windows. For some people, this is where you can start to run into issues. They get so hungry in their fasting window that now they overconsume calories in their feeding window, and then they end up being at a surplus or a at energy maintenance when their goal is fat loss. So there is some individual variability here, and you need to take the person into account and yourself into account in terms of if this is a good strategy for you to implement. While studies show that energy intake does not increase at later meals, some people may have problems with overeating or might not be able to tolerate the hunger that could come with not eating for hours, right? So again, this is going to be if it's for some people that that period of time of not eating, they, they end up wanting to eat more. So same kind of thing there. So there's that. So let's talk about some practical applications here for fat loss, right? So remember, it's just a tool in the toolbox. There's no special fat loss benefit. It's just a tool that can help you get into a caloric deficit for some people. It tells you when to eat, not what to eat. So for best results, you still need to look at improving your overall diet quality. It's not an excuse to eat uncontrollably. I think that's probably a myth that you see is, oh, this person, they fast, they lost a ton of weight. They eat this during their during their eating window. And that can lead to people think, oh, that's what I can do. I don't have to, I can still eat super tasty food, eat whatever I want. I can eat a massive meal and, I, and I'm good to go again. That could work, but we still probably want to improve our overall diet quality. And we just need to make sure that whatever we're consuming in that period of time doesn't get us to get out of a uh, energy deficit. If that's your goal, if hunger is an issue with regular eating patterns, because your meals are too spread out, then doing intermittent fasting may be beneficial to reduce hunger. I'm always going to tell people to start with a more conservative window, right? So if you're not used to this, start with like 12-12 and then work your way up from there. Don't go straight into, oh, I saw so-and-so fasted. They only ate for four hours out of the day. Now I'm going to do a 20-hour 20, 20 fasting window after I've been consuming calories for 12 plus hours regularly th throughout the day. Probably not going to be great for you. You're going to have a hard time sticking to that. So you probably want to slowly work your way up into these more extreme fasting protocols. Also, you don't need to do more than 18 hours of fasting per day. The research saw very little to no benefit of going from a six-hour feeding window to a four-hour feeding window. So this is why I said 18 hours at the most, just because there really was no benefit of going from six to four. So what would be the, like, why would you want to do that? And you're just suffering a little bit more for really no reason there. Now, this leads me to the muscle side of things here. We want to make sure we consume an adequate amount of protein. So if fat loss is your goal, obviously if we want to drop body fat. We want to get into a calorie deficit, but in that process, we want to make sure that we maintain as much lean body mass as possible. If you're only eating for four hours, it's going to be really hard to hit your protein goals. And that's from muscle standpoint, ma muscle maintenance, muscle growth, it's probably going to be really hard. So this is where from overall body composition standpoint, this is why I'm not a huge fan of these like really long fast, especially something that, you know, again, we know there's not really any fat loss benefit from going from a six hour feeding window to four. So it's, it's also going to be really hard to get, say you're, if you're overweight or let's not say overweight, let's just say you need to get in 150 grams of protein. That's going to be a tough thing to do in four hours. So we still want to make sure we get in at least 0.8 to one gram per pound of body weight to help with building slash maintenance of muscle, as well as assuming your overall caloric intake. We know that uh, protein has that benefit as well too. So we, a lot of times that's a big mistake I see people make with fasting is they do go to this, they, they end up being low on protein and then yeah, they lose some weight, but it, it's, they might lose some muscle in that process as well too. Uh, your first meal after a fast should be higher nutrient dense foods like lean protein and fiber. Since you will probably be hungry, highly palatable foods following a fast could cause you to overeat. So if you go into, you're hungry, you go into your eating window and now you just eat highly processed food, tasty food, uh, it's probably going to be a lot tougher to moderate. Again, from an overall body composition standpoint, this isn't to build muscle. This is from a fat loss perspective, but obviously again, our goal during fat loss is to maintain muscle. We still want to try to train during our feeding window, or if you train in the fasted window, make sure you consume protein as, as soon as possible following your workout. And again, that's going to come from the, Hey, we want to maintain the muscle that we have. So there's that, right? So just make sure that if you can train during your, your feeding window, it's going to give you more energy for your training. If you can't, and it's at the end of your fast, just make sure you get 
protein in after your training session. Have a feeding window early in the day has been shown to increase satiety a bit more than eating later in the day. So again, your overall caloric intake is still prior priority number one for fat loss purposes, but having that, having it, having your eating window earlier in the day has been shown to help with satiety. No magic to fat loss, right? It's not going to get you into a deficit, but by having higher satiety, you're less likely to go off the plan, which in turn is going to help with energy, the energy balance that you want to be in, which is a calorie deficit. So look at if you're going to do this, try to eat your breakfast, try to eat more early in the day and try to fast later. And I think, again, it helps from the satiety standpoint, but even if we just think about this, most people are going to consume tastier, highly processed type foods later at night when they're just sitting on the couch, not doing much. So by cutting out that period of time, you can really cut out a lot of uh, excess uh, calories there by doing that. Something you could theoretically do here is during fat loss phases, you might implement this. And then when you go back to maintenance or phase where you're trying to build muscle, you could go back to a normal eating pattern to help with adding more muscle. So let's sum it up from a fat loss perspective. It's a great tool in the toolbox for those looking to lose body fat, really no performance decrement so long as the training is with in the feeding window and you consume enough protein overall. Again, there's going to be some potential downsides that you must be aware of, such as increased hunger and cravings. So you just want to uh, look at that. So that's my thought on fat loss. It's a tool in the toolbox, nothing magic. Again, there's some things we want to look out for protein. Try to eat your meals earlier in the day, if possible, if you can train in your feeding window. And we still want to work on overall diet quality as well during this period of time. And, and, and if you're coming off the fast, you probably want to make sure that first meal is fairly nutrient dense. Now, from a muscle gain standpoint, say you are trying to get to maintenance or you're trying to, you're just trying to grow more muscle, right? I think the more muscle you have, fasting is probably not a great protocol. Now, again, keep this in mind. Everybody fasts it from eat when they sleep and stuff like that. So everybody does do some sort of, of fasting throughout the day. I just think we probably want to avoid a fasting eating window of less than eight to 10 hours for building muscle. And the biggest reason is going to be the protein intake. It's going to be really hard to get your protein in with anything under eight. And in the research, it shows that we probably want to make sure we spread that protein out into three separate meals, right? So if you only have a six hour feeding window, you're going to be eating every two hours, which again, that you, it could work, but it's going to be challenging. And the other big issue with fasting is trying to get in, let's say for you, your calorie surplus is 3,200 calories. That's going to be pretty tough to spread that out into three separate protein servings and to get all that food in, in say like a four hour feeding window. You're going to really struggle there with that. Um, it's going to be challenging. That's going to be a lot of food at any one time. But the big issue, I think is the protein spreading that out, getting it enough in, but also getting in enough calories. And then the training part of it, right? Like we talked about how eating in your feeding window is super important for fat loss and muscle, muscle maintenance. It's going to be even more important when you're trying to gain muscle. So you definitely want to make sure you, you put that in there. So again, I wouldn't recommend it for muscle gain when you have a good amount of muscle already, but can be a way to, for some people, help them potentially not overeat in their um, building phases. But again, you still need to make sure that you're consuming enough calories uh, overall. So just a few things, if you do decide to do it, really try to avoid eating windows shorter than eight hours, probably 10 hours would be what I would do. We still want to hit 0.8 to 1 to 1.2 grams uh, uh, protein, uh, 0.8 to 1.2 grams uh, of protein per body weight um, and spread that out into three separate uh, servings throughout the day and put your workouts around your eating window. So those would be my kind of things for muscle building, but I really wouldn't recommend this to it. Like for somebody that really is trying to maximize muscle growth, not probably not going to be a good thing um, to implement. And then lastly, just from one thing I want to hit on from an overall health standpoint, people will ask, oh, fasting, I think it's going to be from like a, a gut health perspective, taking some time from not eating. I do think that generally is a good idea. I don't think we probably want to be eating food 16 hours out of the day. I think having some sort of time where you do not eat is probably going to be good from an overall health, health perspective. So I just wanted to hit on that. So again, this is where 
like I said, if you're in a building phase, maybe you do a 12 hour, 12 and 12. Again, so long as you hit these things that I talked about, and maybe you could go down to 10 hours, but I just feel like it's applicability for anything for muscle building is, is not as great once you go under a 10 hour feeding window. So that's my thoughts on fasting. Let me know if you guys have any questions on that particular topic and let's dive into the next one. So how long was your last building phase before this cut? So I started this cut in the beginning of June. So I'm about, or not beginning of June, sometime in June, I think the end of June. So it's been about beginning of July. So it's been about three months or so that I've been doing this. So my last building phase before that, uh, I ended it in my last photo shoot prep, which was at the end of April. Um, and then in May, 2022, I just focused on maintaining a bit, a bit, just taking a break from tracking and everything like that. And just, yeah, just taking a break from it. And then I officially began in June, 2022. And then I ran it all the way until the end of June, 23. So it was about a year. I gained probably 15 to 17 pounds. Again, that was slow over time. I ran one mini cut in that period of time to just drop a little bit of body fat and to just give me a little bit more runway for the building phase. But I definitely took it a lot slower. I incorporated more movement. So I definitely stayed leaner. I'm almost wondering, and, and I'll, once I finish this fat loss phase, see where I finish, and reevaluate going into my next building phase. I'm almost thinking I might be able to stay a little bit leaner as well and maybe cap it a little bit higher, but we'll see. I'm not 100% sold on that yet. I do getting up into 165, 170 because that allows me to be pretty flexible with my nutrition while obviously still hitting basics. If I were to go a little bit less than that, I would obviously have to be not rigid, but a little less flexible. But from my, from a look standpoint, I do the, the leaner look for sure, especially now that I've added more muscle over the last couple of years. I just this look a lot better. Just not the, right now, I'm just not a big fan of the amount of calories that I'm bringing, that I'm taking in, obviously starting to get a little hungry and then training just hasn't been as great. And I know it can be better with a little bit more food. So there's that give and take. Obviously the higher I let my body weight come, the more flexible I can be with nutrition over time. Again, we still don't want to go at it in a, in a super fast way because we know that the quicker we gain weight, you're going to start to add more muscle, uh, more body fat versus muscle, right? So you still want to take it slow, but obviously even as you get further and further up, you're still, that's going to allow for a little bit more flexibility. Whereas like when you cut it off, like you still, again, you're more flexible than you are during fat loss phase or maintenance phase, but you just are less flexible because you you need to cap that body weight off um, at a little bit lower. So there's some pros and cons to it. I think again, the biggest thing for me is just going to be, how's my training going and how am I feeling overall? And then I'll, I'll weigh it out, but I'm definitely tinkering with, Hey, maybe I'll stay a little bit leaner now. I have implemented zone two cardio since my last building phase, right? So in this fat loss phase, I implemented it. will be interesting to see how that impacts things um, in terms of my energy expenditure. And uh, maybe I will be a little bit tougher for me to get into a, a surplus, right? So I'll have to mess around with that and see where that ends up. But yeah, that was a good question. Just wanted to, I think somebody just wants to know how long I was in it. Usually I, I would say building phases are about a year for me. Again, they can be different for everybody. I just think once you hit that year point, it's like, all right, you probably need to get into a deficit at some point, or at least take a break from trying to gain weight. Same thing with fat loss. I don't think pushing your body weight up or down for too long a period of time is a great idea. You definitely want to take a break from doing that. So I think a year is good. Now, again, obviously if I went a lot slower with it, maybe I took more maintenance phases in it. Obviously that building phase could last a really long time. How you go about it is really going to impact how long it is and just how you want to go with things. But I think probably the biggest thing that's going to determine how long it goes is obviously how much body fat you want to gain, but also just how quickly you go at it um, as well too. Good question. Just wanted to elaborate on that a little bit more. So last question of the day is not overweight, but need to lose this last 10 to 15 pounds. Is this going to be more diet or training related? So it's hard to say without seeing your body composition, right? It really depends on your history. I would obviously want to dive into that, but generally what I'm going to say on this is getting into the, the calorie deficit that you need 
that is required to to lose that last 10 to 15 pounds that you've lost maybe a little bit before that, whether it be 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds, or maybe you have slowly lost that over time, or either way, you just are, you're down to, hey, I'm not necessarily overweight at this point. I just probably need to lose another 10 to 15 pounds. Where do I go about from here? Again, it's going to be very dependent on the person, but obviously you're going to need to get into a calorie deficit to drop this weight. We've talked about that. And so what I'm going to say to, to lose that last 10, 10 to 15 pounds, it's probably going to be more related to diet than it is to like, oh, hey, I need to train a certain way or I need to do like a certain, like certain cardio or movement. Now, in saying this, if you're somebody who's, you only move, you only move like 3000 steps a day, you've got 10 to 15 more pounds to lose for you. It might be, Hey, let's really ramp up your movement. But in most cases that last 10, 15 pounds is going to be diet related. And you really need to get that dialed in. Cause a lot of times maybe somebody was sedentary. They start to move a lot more. Maybe they get into fitness. They exercise a lot more. Eh, nutrition is okay. It's not terrible, but it's, Hey, I still want to take things to the next level. What's my big limiting factor here. Most of the time it's going to be dialing in that nutrition and the consistency around the nutrition. It's not, Oh, Hey, you need to do this certain training method method or anything like that. Now, what I will say on this for most, also focusing on adding muscle will help you with losing that last 10 to 15 pounds. You may not actually lose that 10 to 15 pounds, but if you add muscle in the process, you'll be much happier at any given body weight. So I think that is a big part of it. The only thing I could say on that is if you're somebody who maybe hasn't Maybe, oh, building muscle is low on the priority list. I don't really care about that too much. Or maybe your training just hasn't been great for building muscle. For you, taking time to focus on building that muscle, you you might find that 10 to 15 pounds is less than what you need to get you to that next level of your physique, right? So I do think it's mostly diet related, but it could just be, hey, maybe it's a goal thing that you need to focus on adding muscle. And with that is going to probably be training related because depending on your methods, you could probably improve how you go about building muscle. But it does still have a diet component to it. And I think it comes down more to, it's not necessarily, oh, you just need to eat less. It's also making sure you're fueling up on good foods, providing yourself with the the right vitamins, minerals, getting a good balance of carbohydrates, fats, protein, but also making sure you get enough protein, right? So I think it comes down to those two things there with that. Otherwise, I find that if you don't include weight training to add muscle, you always feel like you need to lose another five to 15 pounds, right? So if you're not, if that's, if it's, if your only goal's ever been to just continue to drop weight, I do find that you just you, you always want a little bit more fat loss, uh, weight loss. Like I just need to get a little bit more, a little bit more, and then that obviously becomes tougher and tougher to do. And then the more weight you lose, the the more you try to push, you start to risk muscle loss. So it ends up being this vicious cycle. So I think it's probably for a lot of people, it's not necessarily the training side of things. It's diet related to. Say you have a decent amount of muscle, you want to get you want to get leaner. For you, it's probably diet related, especially if you're relatively into fitness. It's going to be really just the consistency of diet, and then those things that I talked about here with that. Because I think a lot of people they can stay consistent with some sort of nutrition pattern for a little bit, but then they end up falling off. Right, so it's that consistency and continuing to build that over time. Hopefully, that was helpful. And that's it for this episode, and I will chat with you guys soon. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.